Welcome everyone to another Delta Green Operation Review. I am your host, Nate, lost in time and space, and joined with me, as always, is... I'm Innkeeper Vaisoden from the Twisted Tentacle Inn. And today we're going to be looking at, well, two operations. Well, the second one isn't really an operation so much as a, a side operation, I would, I would say. Um, but the titles are Sweetness and The Child, and they're both available in the upcoming release black sites yep both of them were written by dennis detwiller and uh black sites is a delta green book it's a collection of scenarios and operations that have been released over time and they've been compiled together into this one big book of of operations it's the second time they've done that the first one was um a night at the opera which was great oh no this is the third time because they they did do um Control group. Control group. Although that was a little different. That one was more like intended to introduce people into Delta Green, introduce agents into Delta Green. But uh, yeah, so I guess this is a third compilation book. Yeah, that yeah that sounds right. And as Vesa alluded to earlier, all of these scenarios have also been released in um, previous editions or or as their own standalone products, so you can check them out individually as well. Yeah, and you can buy them from DriveThruRPG. If you're just looking for the PDF, you can just buy it that way or buy the actual physical books. And if you buy them from ArcDream Publishing's website, you'll if you buy the book, you'll get the PDF for free, which is really cool. They always do that for you, which is it's really nice that they include that. And it's always nice to support the actual publisher too. So. Yep, agreed. So, sweetness sweetness um let's uh it, this one is kind of short at, at least the the writing of it itself is only like six pages or seven pages total yeah it's not very there isn't much summary to the operation itself but that's not to say that the operation itself will be short in game time yeah it's we ran this with my regular group my D group <laughs> and uh this one took us maybe three and a half to four hours to complete. So it, it it probably will finish in one sitting, although I could see it running longer in certain groups, depending on how your your agents handle things. Um, without spoiling anything, this one does have the, the possibility of sending your agents in to investigate false, a lot of false leads or little things that they might think is are important, but they're not, <laughs> and it leads them into nothing. And it also deals with two different states, so there's Chicago, there's some part of the investigation takes place in Chicago. Major part of the investigation takes place in Flor- in Tampa, Florida. So a lot of traveling as well. So there are, there are a lot of things that can make this one run longer than what initially the impression that it gives you when you first receive the, uh, the operation. So the overall story of the, uh, of the scenario itself, without going into spoiler territory, is that a... A former police detective, um, now kind of living on her own, is seeing her her biological kids um, with the help of some strange device. Yeah. So basically, uh, the there was a police report or news report about a possible hate crime. There's a family in Tampa, Florida who is biracial and there was some writing on their wall on their door, uh, writing in blood, like some strange symbol. And it was believed to have been some kind of hate crime. So, but the symbol, because it was involved in a news report and people saw it, uh, it caught the eye of Delta green who then recognized the symbol as something possibly a cult. So the agents were sent in to see if it was an occult occurrence or not. And, when the agents get there, they start to see strange things. They start to realize that one of the children, the youngest one who can't speak, she's uh, she speaks in sign language, um, that she keeps mentioning the the shadow man and that it's her friend. And so initially it's waved off as just an imaginary friend because it's children always have imaginary friends but as the agents get more involved into the operation they start to suspect that maybe the shadow man may not be so imaginary 
And that's where that's where the investigation kind of starts to develop as the agents interview the other children, the rest of the family, and uh, try to investigate and piece things together and see if this is a hate crime or if it's an unnatural occurrence. So um, what did you think, Nate, of the operation overall? Uh, overall, to me, this feels like uh, an X-Files episode in, in a good way, though. Um, it, it has a, I would say, more tame subject matter for Delta Green, uh, especially compared to scenarios like Lover in the Ice, which can be very, very graphic. Uh, this one is definitely a bit more tame in that aspect. But overall, it's not to say that it isn't creepy and that there isn't um, really good horror elements about it that I enjoy. Um, I like the the aspect of the, the child and um, the mother that you that eventually the investigators will, or the the agents will eventually learn about as they um, interview the father of the family. But um, overall, I would say this is a pretty decent scenario, but I do have some criticisms of it that kind of have to go into spoiler territory. But what about you? Uh, well, I um, I kind of agree with you. Actually, I hadn't thought about the the X-Files element, but it definitely feels like an episode of something like the X-Files, um, which is a good thing. Uh, it is one of my least favorite Delta Green scenarios, but that doesn't mean that it's bad in any way, shape or form. Cause for me, the bar for Delta Green scenarios is so high that even like the worst scenarios are still really good and fun. I ran this for my group, as I mentioned earlier, and they had a good time with it. It wasn't as, um, it wasn't as engaging or exciting as some of the other ones that we've played. Uh, this one involves a little bit more investigative work, which is fine. I, I enjoy that myself, uh, a lot more interviewing. So you can really push the role-playing aspect of it quite a bit in terms of playing the family members and things like that. Uh, and you can actually have your agents use their skills in reconnaissance and surveillance and things like that. So that was interesting too, because a lot of, a lot of scenarios, the agents that have those skills don't really get to use them as much. And this one gives them that opportunity. So it can be fun for agents that are into that. Um, I feel like the, the creature element is initially very, very creepy. If you play it out, right? Like my, my players freaked out when it first was revealed. And when we get to spoilers, I'll talk about it, how that went down. But they freaked out. I could literally hear them shiver. Like the, I could tell that they were all getting goosebumps when they first initially saw it. So that was really cool. But so the heart, like you said, the heart element is definitely there, but it is more tame. I, initially, when I read it, I thought because it involved the child and children that it would kind of go in that direction. There's a few scenarios that kind of push that envelope of like, well, maybe there should be some kind of warning for people who are sensitive to that. But this one doesn't quite get there. Um, although it can devolve into that. <laughs> but uh, but for the most part, you're right. It's fairly tame. It's uh, it's one that I think if you're, if you have nothing better to do uh, and you want to play Delta Green, but you don't have a whole lot of time to prep for it, this is a good one because it's short to read for a handler and it's easy to run because it's pretty straightforward. So if you just want a quick game for the weekend or for a day or whatever, pick it up, read it real quick. It'll take you maybe an hour to read through it and plan for it and then run it. So, yeah. So um, I guess we can go into the into spoilers. Yeah. So going into spoiler territory here, I do agree with your overall assessment. I do think the investigative uh, portion of the operation is definitely its strong suit. But... Um, in my neutral, I put the open-endedness of it. Um, like you were saying before we started recording, um, there's a lot of kind of traveling from Florida to Chicago to other locations throughout the course of the scenario that can really uh, drag out the game time. And I feel like there there might also kind of be an issue with pacing mm. as with that as well, because if you, if you know, you start with the agents at the, at the house, they start at the burn your house in Tampa, Florida, and they learn about, uh, Sarah Garrison, who was the kid's biological mother. You learn that through the course of the operation that she lost custody of the kids after abusing them in some weird, 
uh, ritualistic manner. So she she loses custody of the kids and eventually kind of goes goes completely under and that kind of doesn't really go anywhere like it 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 does but it doesn't there isn't much in the in the scenario itself to kind of go off of you know what i mean like there wasn't to to lead you to investigate her you mean well i mean there there is plenty of reason to go and investigate her like i think it is a logical thing for the for the agents to want to do but with the stonewalling that they'll receive from the chicago police department and the fact that she she kind of is an unreliable source to begin with like unless they go to the storage unit and they find the stone and they they touch the stone um it doesn't really lead to much Mm. you know what i mean yeah yeah i know exactly what you mean and a lot of i feel like a lot of the the kind of initial clues that the investigators will get kind of do the same thing they kind of lead them kind of i feel like a lot of the clues kind of beat the bush too much yeah okay i see what you mean i see what you mean it it did play out in what you're saying in the, in a similar way when we when we played the scenario so i know i know exactly what you mean um but before we go into our positive negative and neutral uh kind of let's uh, i guess uh, explain what what's really going on so sarah you mentioned sarah garrison uh was abusing her children and was she lost custody and so now she lives in chicago her husband and his new wife all live with the children in their home in tampa florida and they they live kind of a very mundane life. He's a computer microchip maker, uh, which could lead the agents into <laughs> investigating him a lot deeper. Initially, that happened to us. Uh, and then his wife, his new wife, is a police dispatcher. Um, then the one of the children, as we mentioned, is um, deaf, so she speaks in sign language. So everybody in the family can speak sign language. Now Sarah Garrison, the ex-wife who lives in Chicago. So after being taken away from her children, um, she started to lose it. She starts to lose her mind because not only did she lose her children, she loses her job because she failed a psychiatric evaluation. Uh, She was a police officer. But as it turns out, what nobody knows is that Sarah Garrison was a former Delta Green asset. And she went on an operation where they fought some cultists. Her partner at the time got killed by the cultists and she found this this stone magical stone uh while they were in some kind of drug den and this stone when she touched it it sent her into the body or the form of this shadow creature so she basically wears this shadow creature as a suit in a way that can travel through the shadows very quickly and um it has these powers and stuff so she learned to use it and manipulate it by by touching the stone. She would enter the stone and the, the creature. And then she she ended up touching the stone more frequently so she can travel to Tampa using the creature's shadow uh, body. And then she started to visit her, the youngest child, the one that can't talk. And she started to visit her more frequently. And as she's going more insane, she's using it more. But what she doesn't know is that this this uh, stone is actually uh, some part of the avatar of Yogg-Sothoth and it's starting to take over her mind and starting to make her lose it and control her. So eventually it's, it plans on taking the child with it uh, and permanently taking it uh, to wherever and basically killing the rest of the family in a way. So that's the, the basic background of this, of this scenario. So when the agents first get there, the sign that was done on the wall was made by Sarah Garrison so that the creature can enter the house. Uh, so it wasn't a hate crime. It was actually, it was an occult uh, type of symbol that allowed her to further her plot to to take the ch- her youngest child. So anyway, so now that we have this the actual background laid out here, um, I, do you want to start with the positive or the negatives or? Yeah, why don't we, why don't we go ahead and start with the positives? Like you said, um, the I've always really liked the the sort of angle in the Cthulhu horror genre that knowledge comes at a price, and I think that this scenario kind of does an interesting take on that 
where it's it's a a clearly like despondent you know crazy person trying to regain some sort of connection with their children and you know that that is a sense of like wisdom or knowledge and that coming at a price so like that aspect of the scenario is really cool to me and like i said earlier the investigative portion of the operation is definitely its strong suit there's always a motivation for someone who's seeking powers from beyond uh and her motivations are really strong i mean she does love her children and so that's that's basically what has motivated her to basically lose everything just so she can get back with her her youngest child. So it's kind of a sad story, uh, but it's also a a tale of um, what what do they call that? Uh, cautionary tale. It's a cautionary tale for agents, and hopefully they can see the relation here because she was a Delta Green friendly or or a Delta Green agent. Uh, hopefully they can see themselves in that and possibly the future because everybody knows in Delta Green, if you're in Delta Green long enough, eventually you become the operation. And that's exactly what happened to Sarah Garrison. She was in Delta Green and it was exposed to so many different things. She started to lose her mind and eventually became the operation herself, which can easily happen to any of the agents who are in this operation. So I, I like operations like this where the agents... If they're smart enough to catch it, they can see the future of themselves if they're not careful. So I definitely like that. Um, you mentioned the um, you mentioned the operational aspects, like the surveillance and all that stuff. So um, can you get a little bit more into that? Yeah, um, I think the when you when the agents get to the the burn your house or the, the whatever the family name is, um, they get to the house and they start interviewing the the family there there's definitely some interesting aspects that they can kind of pick up on as far as like the family dynamics go like that that all is pretty well fleshed out as well as um the occult symbol i thought was pretty interesting and that's um that's certainly something that the handler could flesh out even more and kind of tie into whatever campaign or scenarios that the uh, that the agents have been running through previously, which is interesting. Um, I also, I do find it interesting, the aspect of the Chicago Police Department kind of stonewalling the the investigate, or the agent's um, investigation into Sarah Garrison. I think that kind of creates this sort of interesting, skeptical, uh, like, uh, environment with the, with the agents. It, it teaches them that, you know, information comes at a cost as well. Yes, definitely. Yeah, not everyone's just willing to give the agents whatever they want to know or tell them whatever they want to know, definitely. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. The investigative aspect, it starts off with the with the possible hate crime, and they usually they're going to start with just the interviews with the family. And with my agents, they immediately were suspicious of the husband. Uh, because he worked for a microchip company, they thought something weird was going on with that. So they investigated him and uh, went to his job. And then they they started to put like uh, surveillance devices, listening devices and hidden cameras in the house and stuff, uh, which was it, it was really fun for them to sneak around and put put these set up the cameras and set up these things so they wouldn't be found. So that was really fun for my agents to kind of set up the surveillance for them. Uh, but it led to nothing, and that, that was a little disappointing because the husband is clearly not involved. So all this work really led to nothing, which was unfortunate for them. Um, and then eventually they they realized, you know, when they started looking into the, his past, they realized he was married before, and then they looked into the ex-wife. And then finally, like you said, had to go to Chicago to kind of go deeper into that. And that's where things started to develop a little bit better. So initially, their investigations, they spent so much time doing that. And that's part of my neutral here is even though there is a lot of great investigative work and surveillance work that they can do, a lot of it leads to nothing, which is fine because that's how life is. But at the same time, it can be very disappointing for agents when they are frustrating because they can't, they don't learn anything new. But if you do it right as a handler, then you can you can really freak them out when they set up the hidden cameras they did set one up in the room uh in the child's room and 
they this is when they first encountered the the shadow creature they were watching the surveillance and i built it up you know where it was the the little girl she gets up at night and then she kind of walks around and grabs her teddy bear and holds it and then the shadow creature emerged and they just freaked out (laughs) they freaked out and they didn't know what to do if they should bust into the house in the middle of the night you know to try and save the girl they weren't sure what was going to happen um it created a very tense moment, so I did enjoy that. So if you do feed them a few little tidbits when they're doing these and in other investigations before they get to Chicago, then at least it'll be, it won't feel as much of a wasted opportunity. So that's why it's kind of a neutral for me, because it, as a handler, you have to play it properly in order to at least have it pay off a little bit, you know? Um, but uh, but yeah, once they get to Chicago, then then they can they can hit some more roadblocks, which again could be a little frustrating. But uh, once once they get to basically the end, it, it all happens very quickly. Yeah, I had a fairly fairly similar um, criticism in my neutral as well. I put the open endedness of the operation. Um, while I think it lends itself well to certain play groups and certain handlers that can kind of steer their players in the right direction. I I do think that for newer handlers, it might not provide enough guidance to ensure that the operation runs smoothly. Yes. And that you mentioned pacing earlier. Definitely it can affect the pacing if you if you don't plan ahead properly mm-hmm. with it, for sure. Because like you were saying, a lot of the leads kind of go nowhere. So if your agents spent two hours of the table doing that it might feel it might feel kind of boring and then you know it's kind of like why did we bother doing the first two hours of this if none of it was really relevant to what was going on in the last two hours so so that's kind of my criticism i do kind of think the the distance is kind of a factor i almost kind of think that it might be better to relocate um, Sarah Garrison to somewhere closer. Yeah, I think the intent was, well, how could she be involved if she's in Chicago? And when you're investigating where she's been, you, you realize she hasn't left Chicago. Um, so the intent was, well, how is she? Clearly she's involved, but how if she's still in Chicago and all these events are happening in Florida? But you're right. If if you don't If you don't learn you know, what's going on, then it you can't piece those two things together. Mm-hmm. And um, that is one of the negatives for sure for me, is that the stone, if the if the players don't touch the stone and actually get sucked into the body of the shadow creature, they will not know exactly what's happening. And there's a chance they don't touch the stone because if they're experienced agents, they know better than to, to not touch things <laughs> that, are, that may seem unnatural in origin, you know? Very true, yeah. Another um, and a criticism that I had leading into our our uh, cons here is that it's very possible for the agents to never even know that the guy has an ex-wife because it does require them to have some sort of um, char- like charismatic skill. Like they have to be able to role play that out of out of him. Yeah, like it's it's not something that he's willing to just divulge to them at any any whim to make it convenient. So, um, so I, I would almost suggest that handlers make sure that one way or another, they find this information out because without it, it kind of makes the operation come to a complete standstill. Yeah. And the operation tells you as a handler to basically make it difficult for them to know that he has a, because the kids, when they, the kids that do speak, they don't talk about their, their mother their biological mother. It very specifically says that they haven't seen her in years and they don't talk about her. So if agents are interviewing them, they don't know the agents. Why would they talk about their mother? If they don't talk about her to their, to people that they like, you know, and the husband is, is now married and they've been married for years. And the new wife treats the kids as if they're her own uh, and they're happily married. So it's like you said, it becomes very difficult to even find out that he was, that he has an ex-wife who lives in Chicago. Even if they ask like, oh, have you recently had any issues or, you know, um, anyone been acting strange around the kids or whatever, because it was so many years ago that he got divorced, it wouldn't be something that would come to mind for him. Like if, if it was eight years ago that your ex-wife was 
you know, cutting your kids with marks and stuff, you wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, my ex-wife used to do that. It's been eight years. Like, that's not, and she lives in Chicago, you know, so that's, there's no way he would put that together in enough to tell the agents that information. Right. And um, the the only other possible way that the, that the agents could even glean that Chicago is a relevant location is if they're looking into the guy's work history and they see that he worked in Chicago and then they eventually, you know, like they could potentially find out that way as well. Yeah. And that's what happened with my agents. They actually ran into it that way because they, they thought he was involved so bad that they, they looked into him. They surveyed him. They looked, they interviewed his coworkers and they found out because of that, because they just harped on him. And that happens a lot in, in investigative games in Call of Cthulhu and in Delta Green, where agents will harp on a clue that may not be necessary. Like when we played Night Floors, right? My brother was harping on the the store, the painting store. Remember that? Oh, that's right. Yeah, And yeah, he just yeah. kept like harping on them. Like some agents just get caught up in their mind. They're convinced that this thing has got something to do with it. And they continue to harp on it. So my agents, luckily, we got lucky that they harped on the husband so much that they were able to glean that information from from his employer because they were just on it. But it's not something that might happen in your game. You know, if you're playing this, your agents might not do that. They, they might immediately say, okay, the husband's not involved. And then how, how are they going to get to that part where they realize that it's the ex-wife in Chicago? Mm. Yeah, because uh, like, otherwise, if they don't end up going to Chicago, she just kind of continues going about her business, and the Shadow Man just continues to spawn, and, and it it just kind of you know derails from there. And it's um, I think it can be it can be kind of a weird and tumultuous situation if you're trying to like get the game back together from that point, rather than leading them to Chicago initially yeah and the and the the scenario plays much better if they do find sarah garrison because then they get more information of of what's going on a little bit more at least they know that somehow she's doing this because if they just end up staying in tampa and never go to chicago eventually they're just going to face the shadow man and fight it like a monster of the week type thing but they're not really gonna they're just gonna think it's some creature that's haunting the little girl and it could lead to a, a crazy deadly combat if they decide to face it um, or it can just kill the whole family <laughs> and take the whole family and take the little girl. But um, either way, it'll be unsatisfactory, in my opinion, unless they go to Chicago and figure that out. The scenario ends up being very um, unsatisfactory. Yeah. So my my other criticism uh, in my cons here is uh, the ending or rather kind of the lack there of the ending. Um I think kind of regardless of your experience level with uh, Delta Green and running uh, games or role-playing games in general is that you're, you're going to have to kind of do a lot of work to make sure that the ending is exciting because, um, you know, I think the game could kind of just get to a point where it's like, okay, we go visit Sarah Garrison. We learn that she has a storage unit. We go to the storage unit. We find the thing and smash it. And then that's the end of the scenario pretty much. And it's like, okay. Like that like that doesn't feel very satisfying as a player. So, you know, I th- I think um you know, I think as a handler you kinda have to you have to kinda work work around the sort of possibilities that the agents could um you know, that they could take. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, especially if it's like dragged out into uh mundane investigation that doesn't lead to anything it could be even less satisfactory if it ends that way and and they did they spent so much time hours of doing that for a for less satisfying ending definitely agree with you on that but um don't let us uh, derail you from or take you away from this scenario at all it's still it's still a good one to run for uh, you know, for a day where you're just like, yeah, I don't, ha- I didn't have time to plan for a more in-depth one, but uh, I really feel like playing Delta Green, and my players really feel like playing today. Let's just run this, and it's uh, it plays fine as a monster of the week scenario. You know, I think this scenario probably also plays better with like one or two agents. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, like if you send three or four agents to do a, 
an investigation like this, like two of them are going to have essentially nothing to do. That's a good point. So I definitely wouldn't run it with a uh, with more than two players. But that it, you know, like you were saying, Vase, it is good because it it has a very kind of simple uh, premise to it. You can very easily wrap your head around it as a handler, and you can read through it in about an hour, and then you can kind of you can kind of pretty easily get an idea of where you want to go with it and run it. But I think our biggest criticism is that you kind of you really have to plan this scenario out. Like it doesn't really give you a lot in terms of, uh, like structure, I guess. Yeah. It can go many directions. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So final thoughts. Uh, yeah, you know, it's like you said, I, I agree with you now on that, uh, two player thing. It plays best with a lower player count and just for like a quick and easy run, you know, a, a casual, more casual game of Delta green. Mm-hmm. I think this is a pretty good introductory scenario as well because the subject matter is one fairly tame uh, and two because it's it's fairly easy and I think you could run this in about two hours which is probably the amount of time you'd want to spend kind of getting someone used to a, a new role-playing game system. Yeah, that's true. I feel like it's easier to run than PX Poker Night for a new handler. True. Yeah. I I ran PX Poker Night and... While it is a fairly easy scenario to get your head around, there is a good amount of moving parts and uh, pacing things that you kind of need to be on top of. So, yeah, I, w- I would say that this is probably easier than that scenario, but yeah. um, but I do think that PX Poker Night has a lot more going for it overall. Yeah, I, I feel like new players will will be more inclined to be like, oh, I love Delta Green if they play PX Poker Night, then if they do this one as their first scenario that they play. True. Yeah. So cool. Um, So now that we're done with sweetness, uh, the brief, very brief, what they call a two minute terror. That's at the very end of the black sites book. And it's called the child. And what, what they mean by a two minute terror, it's uh, not a full on operation or a full-on scenario, it's just an event or a happening that you can throw in in the middle of a scenario or in the middle of a campaign that is completely unrelated, but it's an occurrence or a happening that involves Delta Green and the agents. And so this one in particular uh, is about a child, and it's, it's very vague and open, which is great because they give you different options on how this can happen, how this can come to be for the agents. Um because we already did spoilers on the other one, we'll just spoil this one because it's not a full scenario. Is that cool? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so basically, the agents somehow come into the possession of a child. Uh, either they were they were called into a midnight meeting by Delta Green and they were passed the child from another agent to them, or the child showed up <laughs> at their home, or they find it in the middle of an operation at some kind of unnatural location. But regardless of how they find the child, it basically the child appears to be seven years old. It looks like it's been awake for some time. Uh, the child is gender neutral, but they recommend that they, uh, as far as in the operation, it's not gender neutral, but in the operation, it, it can go either way depending on how you want to run it. But it recommends that the child's uh, sex is um, the same as the agent who found it. So if your agent is female, then the child's going to be a female. Um so the the child is filthy and exhausted looking and it's wearing like brand new clothes, but its skin is super filthy. And uh, basically it's saying it doesn't talk initially. And as the agent kind of investigates or tries to speak with the child, it starts to act very strange, like pulling away from the agent or um, being very nervous about different things. And eventually it does end up, speaking to the agent if they're able to persuade it to to speak to them and it just starts saying strange things like um i talk to the things that sleep or the things that sleep say they don't like you and weird and creepy things like that so um so what happens if they examine the body of the child uh terrible terrible (laughs) things happened um (laughs) this is this was 
partially a satirical criticism I have. Um, it's do not examine the child by any circumstances. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah, so examining the child, eventually the agents find out that the child is not alive, uh, is not breathing, has no heartbeat, is uh, is essentially like a cadaver. They've been split open and cut up with like uh, in the Y section. So it's got like yeah, a y, y incision. So basically when you do an autopsy on, on any person that's died, uh, part of the autopsy, they do a Y incision on your chest. So they cut from your upper chest, both ends straight down, and they meet in the middle and cut straight down the middle to open you up and remove your organs. So it has a Y incision. <laughs> and and stuck in the center of its chest is like this glass bobble about the size of a tennis ball. Yeah, so that that's creepy. <laughs> that's super creepy. Like this whole thing, the intro uh, quote is... It, it was awesome. When I read it, I'm like, okay, this is going to be really, really creepy because uh, every operation in Black Sites uh, has like a little cover where it says the title of the operation. And then usually there's a quote. And the quote here is, you saw the kid? You believe me? Yes. The kid was dead, okay? But it wouldn't stop talking, <laughs> which is great. I mean, it's just frightening to have a kid that's talking to you, but you know for a fact it's dead. And going through the the medical examination causes all sorts of sanity loss for, <laughs> yeah. for whatever uh, person so happens to uh, to do the examination. Oh, good God. Um, but that's really kind of it as far as the story goes. Um, the... The ending kind of depends on what the agent wants to do with the child. If they if they try to pawn it off on someone else, um, Delta Green's basically like, this is your responsibility. You have to deal with this now, Yeah, which is interesting. I don't know how much I I like that, but um, but there are other options as well. The, the agent could just leave the child in the middle of a ditch somewhere and just drive away which is kind of fucked up. That's my favorite though. If you leave, if you just let it go into the wild later on, like you start finding out the animals and people start turning up dis- disemboweled in the area where they left the child. So that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> or you could kill the child, which is also fun because you're murdering children. Yeah. It's uh, it's definitely not a full on operation. It's just kind of like a creepy little thing that can happen to your agents. Um, I like things like this. What about you? Do you, do you like this or I, I like it. Okay. So there's things I like about it and things I am critical of. Uh, let's start with the things that we like about it. Uh, like you were saying earlier, it's a two minute terror. So it's kind of intended to be either interjected as part of a operation or kind of slipped in in between scenarios or what have you uh so i like the concept of using this as like a vignette for like introducing a new agent into a campaign or um you know or or doing some sort of like background story for a character like maybe they have a flashback about this weird creepy kid they um that they had encountered and that's what got them into the program or, or something like that. It's, it's, it's neat in that regard. It's easy to integrate into any scenario. Cause like you were saying, it's fairly modular on how the agent actually meets the child and it doesn't really matter how they meet. What's important is that they do and that they kind of begin developing a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, for me, I like little things like this that you can throw at your agents that are unrelated to the current operation. The thing is, it definitely needs to be clear that it is unrelated because it could have a tendency to lead agents into side missions that don't exist. And, uh, definitely something to be careful about because they might think it's part of the operation or that it's somehow related to their current operation. So definitely something to be careful about, but I think it, it adds a layer of creepiness. I think it things like this uh, are fun. I, I had a similar kind of little thing that I did with an agent when we played Night Floors with my regular D&D group. And a couple of people survived it, but one of them had touched the King in Yellow, the book. And so I, I figured, well, let me 
kind of start doing things, like make him start seeing things or experiencing weird things because he's touched the book, right? So, uh, you know, during a completely different operation, they were investigating uh, some corpse uh, that was that was hanging. They found hanging in a closet and the corpse started talking to them and they had a full on conversation, uh, which was creepy, but unrelated, even though he didn't know it was related. So like these, these kind of little things are really cool, especially if the, the player kind of knows that, that it's not in any way, shape or form going to, going to need to be investigated further. Let's say, Mm -hmm. you know, I think if you do it either that way, or if you're able to somehow, make the child a part, like an integral part of the operation, right? Um, Like if we were to go back to sweetness, for example, I think that you pretty easily could make the child a pretty important aspect of that scenario, given the subject matter and how Sarah Garrison is kind of looking to visit her biological children. Like you could kind of use the child as a metaphor for one of your agents, and he could use the child as a way to kind of get them to Chicago if they needed a way to do that. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you could use it that way. You could also use it as a scenario seed, like to, you know, expand into something else. So it could lead to something different if you wanted to. So it's it's kind of inspiration as well for more experienced handlers that write their own operations and they they need some inspiration or ideas. Oh, definitely. Uh, this, it's a great starting point for something like that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a neat little homage to Joseph Kerwin and the case of Charles Dexter Ward within the glass bobble too. So you could, you could use the glass bobble as well as sort of a scenario seed. Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind seeing more of these little two minute terrors from, from Delta green from official products. I mean, there are shotgun scenarios. It's something that they do every year where people send in like a, just a premise. It's, they call it a shotgun scenario. It kind of reminds me of something like this, but this is not so much a full on scenario as a, as an actual just seed or occurrence. So I wish I do, I do like this and I hope that they do more of these in future products. I think it'd be interesting, you know, or specific to an operation. So, like, if you have sweetness, let's say, then maybe have one of these little two-minute tears that you can add later on because the players were involved in sweetness or whatever, you know, that somehow have something to do with a past operation. Mm-hmm. I think that would be pretty neat. Yeah, definitely. It's also a good way to um, lengthen a scenario, too, you know. If you wanted to make sweetness like a three-hour ordeal for two agents, you could interject the child as a part of like, like a subplot, essentially. Oh yeah. So yeah. So there are definitely lots of little ways that you could use the child. Um, but I do have some some criticisms about how one should go about that because I feel like if it's not handled properly. Uh, it may, from another player's point of view, feel like you're shining the spotlight on one particular player for that session. Mm, yeah. Okay. Good point. So that's that's something I would be careful of when when using something like this, especially in larger player counts. Like obviously, for one agent, it's totally fine, and maybe even two. You know, because you could possibly, you know, do something like this for the next session for the other player or something like that. So. It, probably doesn't feel as bad in those circumstances but i would definitely be careful how you use something like this yeah so that there so that the other players don't feel like the supporting cast and the the one player that finds the child is the the main star of the show exactly yeah it's a good point uh hadn't thought of that and uh you know i guess I, i guess if you play it properly it could just be the introduction and then not make that person important it you can make it so it doesn't feel that way, but it does take some work from the handler for sure. Yeah, and then I think the other kind of extreme on that measure is if you just kind of throw it in there and it doesn't serve any purpose, then why did you bother doing it to begin with? To add the creep factor, but you're right. And that's that was m- one of my criticisms is this could lead, like you said, why would you throw it in there? So some people might think like this is important in our current operation when it's not, you know? kind of kind of like my players taking 
an interest in the husband in sweetness, you know, like this could completely derail your operation and make everyone think that this is something extremely important with your current operation. Um, otherwise, like you said, they could feel like, well, once they realize it's not part of it, like, well, then what the hell was the point of this? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> um, and another neutral for me was, holy shit, the medical examination causes so much sanity loss. I mean, I think I think it's appropriate for what they find out. <laughs> I, I think right. it's appropriate, but, like, I think once you kind of realize this thing's been cut up, like, if you then find out it has no lungs, like, I... I think you kind of start to get the picture right from there. Like, I think you probably should stop losing sanity at that point. Yeah, it's, it's cool. <laughs> I mean, if you're in the middle of an operation, this could completely like end you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> or, or get, yeah. 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 Definitely. There's that too. <laughs> and then if they happen to break the glass bobble, Oh, for any stupid reason, whether by accident or on purpose, then things just completely. Go yeah. Haywire. Well, that- <laughs> That they deserve if they do that, because <laughs> that's just a dumb thing to do. So I put it on a neutral just because I think it's a pretty easy thing to fix. Like, as a handler, you can kind of be like, okay, you're not going to lose sanity if you realize he doesn't have a heart and doesn't have lungs. Like, he's been cut open. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair criticism. But what, what about you, Vase? What are your uh, criticisms of this little... Um, so in the negative, pretty much just that... Um, I wish there was uh, maybe a little bit more, you know, with with the child uh, in terms of more information. I, I do like that they give a little background as to the bobble that's in there, but um, I don't know. I, I feel like there's it's kind of vague. Maybe it's on purpose, you know, so that you can come up with your own stuff. But uh, you'd have to be a little bit more experienced in doing that and coming up with things or more creative in order to expand on this i think for a a beginner handler they would not be able to run something like this properly in their operation because they're it's vague enough and it's um it's such a small amount of information that they give you about it that i think a newer handler could possibly be confused as to how to handle this or how to incorporate this into their campaign or into a scenario so i I, I understand Delta Green tends to treat their their handlers with more of a, a an assumption that they're more experienced, uh, unless it's an introductory scenario. But this one, I do I do feel like it's it's missing a little bit of information, so some some handlers would not be able to to manage this as well. Yeah, I think there's a difference between assuming a, a certain level of competence from your your audience. And just not fleshing out something well enough. And I think I think this kind of falls into the latter. I had a very similar criticism to Vase. Um, uh, one of them was that I, I felt like the module doesn't provide much in ways for role-playing the child, which is a pretty, I feel, p- pretty critical part of the whole thing, right? Like, it's about this creepy child, and it doesn't really give you much because it doesn't say much. But just because it doesn't say much, it doesn't mean that like the child does doesn't have like mannerisms or or what have you. The only thing it really says is like the child will turn the music up on any radio or what have you to an a painfully loud level. But other than that, like you don't really have much to go on. So Yeah. More things like that would be appreciated. And then my my other criticism was that I felt like the resolution of this little interlude can feel lackluster. Again, kind of going into my other point, especially for the other players around the table, um, because they're only kind of indirectly involved. And the module to me kind of makes a point to say that this little interlude presents this sort of damned if you do, damned if you don't situation for the for the agent that gets chosen by the child. Mm. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. So, But um, overall, it's... Uh, it's not a full-on operation, so it's not something that um, that you're going to sit down and just do this for the for the session, you know. So, uh, anyone listening to this, um, I just want to make sure that we're clear on that that this is not something that you're going to just run on its own. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, like I, I'm kind of taking it as like you're going to in- interject this 
in some way into an operation. And I think, I think you should really kind of tread carefully with something like this. But if you do it and it's done well, it's going to be pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Very creepy. A big one. You could put in a home scene, you know, for mm-hmm. an that'd be yep. pretty cool too. Yeah. There's lots of possibilities to make this really cool. And maybe you could, you could just make it like a, a, th- like a background story in your campaign, like maybe between operations, oh, yeah. your your agent just comes home and all of a sudden the child is there and then <laughs> leaves. Like you go oh, on an operation and it's gone. Could also be a way f- of uh, getting an agent into Delta Green. So if you if you have someone's agent die, then you could run this briefly and be the reason how you know why they got in- introduced into Delta Green. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So, so I think I think something like this is actually better served for a tool like that than it is to interject it into an operation. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Cool. Well, uh, any other thoughts on these two? Well, I'm not. Well, I'm not like the biggest fan of sweetness. I do like the tone, and I like the, um, I like the idea behind the Stone of Yas. I just feel like it doesn't feel fleshed out enough for me personally and kind of the same thing with the child but that i feel is a little more justified because it's because of its intention right yeah yeah i i agree with you i feel like sweetness i'm not sure that i feel it's not fleshed out enough i just feel like it's kind of plain you know and it could lead to long bouts of 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 boringness you know during your session if you're not careful if you manage it properly and are very careful and mindful of when things are starting to get boring and lead to nothing getting people back on track but it does take that extra work and i think that's my biggest criticism of that one um so overall i think it's it's on the lower end of my of my uh delta green operations you know on the lower end of like to dislike so uh, and then the child, like you said, it's it is what it is. It's not meant to be an operation. So for what it is, I, I liked it a lot. It was it had a nice creepy factor. Yeah, and I would like to see more of these two minute terrors because I think there's a lot of potential. Yeah, I would love to see things like this, more things like this. Uh, and so this does it for our review of Sweetness and the Child. We have a few more to do for Black Sites, but we're going to do an overall Black Sites review. Uh, for the launch next month and it's overall it's a great collection i think but uh, we'll talk about it when we get to that review but we're gonna we still have to do the last equation which is one of my favorite delta green operations so we got three more and those will come in the next few months very excited cool. um all right and i think that does it for today's reviews yeah absolutely we've been your hosts nate lost in time and space as well as i'm innkeeper vase odin from the twisted tentacle Inn. and we will see you all in the next review 